The New Jersey Devils lost a heartbreaker to the LA Kings. They fought hard towards the end. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the job done. There were a few players who kind of hurt us in terms of trying to nab the win. Also, I have an update on Dougie Hamilton and Alexander Holtz made his debut. What are my initial thoughts? We have a lot to discuss in this episode, so buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 2.18 a.m. Eastern Time, November 6, 2021 at the time of recording. And guys, these West Coast games are no joke. Literally, when I'm recording this episode, this will actually go live in a few hours. So, uh, like I said, West Coast games, they're very time-consuming and I think it requires a lot of caffeine and a lot of built bars just to sit through it but uh, I think similar to a lot of you guys I'm just not used to it but because uh, it's been a while since the New Jersey Devils have played on the West Coast so I'm just getting readjusted to the overall scheduling uh, since you know it, it's been over a year since we've played a West Coast team but uh, you know we only have the San Jose Sharks and then it's back to our regularly scheduled program for the foreseeable future so I'm a night owl anyway I have a lot of energy and I'm just ready to break down this game because it was an interesting game for the New Jersey Devils and they tightrope their way you know into an OT matchup able to come out with a point they weren't able to get the full two points because they did come out on the losing spectrum but at the same time we'll take what we could get because you know what like I said we just have to stay afloat and I actually talked about it in my last episode with Sarah of Locked on King so if you haven't checked out that episode please give it a listen as we talked all things pregame but you know I did make a, a lot of predictions towards the end of that episode so I talked about Sharon Govich who we'll talk about in this episode because I think it's time to get a little concerned about his overall style of play just because it's just like we're not really seeing anything out of him so far I talked about maybe the New Jersey Devils will come out with a sense of urgency well this game was pretty much boring for the first two periods I think a lot of people can agree with me on that just because there wasn't so much action and then you know I talked about Mackenzie Blackwood making his debut right about that I think uh, the writing was pretty much on the wall for that I talked about injuries as well and I said like this game could be intense and I do see it possibly going into an OT and I was right about that you know it was more of a loose prediction it wasn't something I was that confident in I was very confident in New Jersey Devils win but still it was a prediction nonetheless so uh, I talked about in the last episode so please give that episode a listen and you know if you just want the receipts to what I'm saying right now just just listen to it so anyway let's talk about this game for the New Jersey Devils because they pretty much got really 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 lucky because Damon Severson let them down Uh, they let up a goal like within the final few seconds of period number two they were able to tie the game back up with when there was literally less than 30 seconds remaining we sent it into OT unfortunately Ty Smith had a costly turnover in our defensive zone right below Mackenzie Blackwood and then uh, the LA Kings were able to just come out with the win but like I said guys we'll take whatever we could get because right now we just have to type rope uh, out of situations like that because we're trying to stay afloat especially since we're missing Dougie Hamilton now who I'll talk about in a moment and we're also missing Jack Hughes for like another month or so Miles Wood is out till 2022 so the main key thing that I've been talking about for the New Jersey Devils is just somehow some way you got 
gotta stay afloat. You gotta just keep your name relevant and you can't fall too far behind. Now, a lot of people might be concerned with how the New Jersey Devils are playing right now. And quite honestly, I did have those thoughts. But when looking at the Metropolitan Division, so we got the Hurricanes, Rangers, Capitals, Flyers, and Blue Jackets are all above the New Jersey Devils. They all have more points than us. Well, you know, the Flyers and Blue Jackets, they only have uh, two more points than us. They have 12 total points. So, you know, we're kind of right on their tail in that regards. But we're actually tied with the Islanders, Penguins, uh, for, I guess, dead last in the division. But still, it goes to show you that we, we do have ground to make up, but it's not that much ground to make up. So the Islanders, their overall record is 4-2-2, two, and two, and they have 10 points. The Penguins' record is 4-3-2, and two, and they have 10 points. And then our record now after this game is 4-3-2 and two, with 10 points. So do you think the Penguins are freaking out? Do you think the Islanders are freaking out? I don't personally think so. I think, you know, right now we're, we're in a good spot to just, you know, we're, we're treading water right now right now we're just trying to stay afloat and we're just trying to keep our name relevant and we're doing it right now and like I said it's going to get a little tougher for the New Jersey Devils for the foreseeable future but uh, for right now you know against teams like the LA Kings you need to come out with something like it would have been great to come out with two points and then get ahead of the Penguins and Islanders in terms of points but like I said we will take what we could get because one point is better than no points so you know like I said this wasn't a perfect game and there was definitely some moments in which the New Jersey Devils could have scored because PK Subban had a few uh, scoring opportunities. Unfortunately, his stick broke and it kind of messed up the play. So the New Jersey Devils didn't get anything out of it. Then Damon Severson, for some reason, got like three penalties in period number three. And then, you know, like I said, it's nice to have Mackenzie Blackwood back, but it didn't seem like we could give him any help. But uh, let's talk about some pregame notes first and foremost. So Dougie Hamilton, and this is good news, he did participate in morning practice and skate. And uh, Lindy Ruff said that he was looking good. So I think Dougie Hamilton was more of a game time decision or closer to a game time decision. I think they were just trying to see, you know, uh, would he be good to go? And I guess just against a team like, you know, LA, it's not really a team that you freak out against. So it's just like, okay, you know what? There's no risk in playing Dougie Hamilton because I think we can, you know, tightrope out of this one, like I've said many times so far. So Dougie Hamilton was ruled out for this game. He is still listed day to day. And I think not. Knock on wood, I think uh, this injury is not that serious. It's a lower body injury that he sustained in the Ducks uh, game. So uh, Dougie Hamilton listed day to day. It doesn't look that serious. I think he'll be back against the San Jose Sharks or, you know, if not then, then the very next game, in my opinion. So I don't think it's that serious. And I think we can, you know, take a sigh of relief in that regard. And now let's talk about Mackenzie Blackwood. So Mackenzie Blackwood finally made his season debut for the New Jersey Devils. And I called it in the last crossover episode that I did with Sarah of Locked on Kings. I said, it is time for Mackenzie Blackwood to make his season debut because last week Mackenzie Blackwood said, no, I'm not ready to go this week, but maybe the following week. And I said, okay, more likely than not, he's not going to play against the Ducks. But I am confident that he'll play against the Kings because, you know, if it's not the Kings, then it's the San Jose Sharks because I think they want to save Jonathan Bernier for the San Jose Sharks game because I don't think they're ready to play Mackenzie Blackwood in back-to-back games. So I think they're just saying, okay, you know what, Mackenzie, uh, you know, we'll play you against the LA Kings. It's an easy team. It's not a team that's going to really give you that much trouble. So, you know, we'll give you a chance right here just to get your feet underneath you because 
Uh, the last time Mackenzie Blackwood played in an NHL game was actually during the scrimmages. So, you know, he does have that going for him. But at the same time, I think they still want to take it very easy on uh, Blackwood, especially everything he's gone through with his heel, his COVID vaccine. He was able to finish the game. Uh, he, he saw 29 shots. He saved 26 of them. He had a save percentage of 897. Like I said, this loss is not on Mackenzie Blackwood at all. In fact, there was at one point, Mackenzie Blackwood already made a nice save uh, and I think that's going to be a candidate for save of the year, quite honestly, because looking back on the replay, guys, and maybe I'm just tripping or I don't know what the case might be, but Brown was able to get a shot off and it looked like it went into the back of the netting, but somehow, some way, Mackenzie Blackwood saved it. And I looked at that replay like five to 10 times because I was so mesmerized by that save from Mackenzie Blackwood. I'm like, wait, 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 what did I, I was about literally about to tweet saying, oh, great, the Kings scored. Now they're going to lead and they're going to end up winning. But uh, then I, I saw the tweet. I was like, Mackenzie Blackwood saved that? And then I immediately, like, you know, press rewind on my television. I was like, how did he save that? I don't know where the puck went because it obviously didn't go into the back of the netting. I don't know where that puck went. It, it just went awry somehow, some way. So Mackenzie Blackwood, you know, he's making an impact already. And he already has a save of the year, um, you know, a highlight to his name. And that's just his first game of the year. So, uh, hats off to Mackenzie Blackwood in that regards that that was impressive so got to give credit when credit is due and like I said Mackenzie Blackwood did everything he could possibly do um and unfortunately you know he wasn't able to get the win in his first uh return but he did everything he could possibly do to keep the Devils in the game and like I said the first two periods were pretty uneventful like I even tweeted out a meme with Cookie Monster just like you know uh tapping his fingers on a a table if you guys know what that what that gif is but because uh, I was just like, this game is so boring. Nothing is happening. I thought the New Jersey Devils would come out with a more sense of urgency. I thought there would be more excitement already. And boy, was there more excitement at the end of period number two. Because literally with like two seconds left in the period, uh, Kemp was able to get a goal right past Mackenzie Blackwood. I'm just like, oh, you are kidding me. And I just thought we were done. I, I thought the New Jersey Devils were like, okay, we have no momentum. We have no offense. So we're pretty much done. But Jesper Brat, he had other plans. So literally like... Like, I, I believe like four or five minutes into the last period of regulation, Jesper Brat was able to get out into the open, get on a breakaway, and wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Before we talk about Jesper Brat's excellent uh, breakaway attempt and also scoring on Peterson, let's talk about that pass from Andreas Janssen because as you guys know, I like to give credit to the person who was able to get the apple on the play because usually the pass is really nice or it's really well executed. So we need to talk about the pass from Andreas Janssen and just, like I said, I been big on Janssen the past few episodes just because he's been able to make that kind of impact that I believed he was capable of doing while he was playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs back in 2018 and 2019 in which he was able to make a pretty decent amount of impact for that roster and I just said like look his numbers aren't oppressive or anything but at the same time you know if he's able to make that sort of impact for the New Jersey Devils that's good for our standards it's not good for the Toronto Maple Leafs because despite them not getting out the the first round since like 2004 they had their eyes set on you know playoffs and just trying to be contenders whereas the Devils were just focused on just trying to find a diamond in the rough or focused on just trying to find some solid impact and Andreas Janssen it was a dismal season for him last year there were talks 
talks on him about, you know, potentially could he be traded? Could he be released? Whatever the case might be. I said, like, towards the end of the season, I said, I'm not giving up on Andreas Janssen quite yet. I even said it in my crossover with Locked On Leafs host Mickey over the summer. I just said, like, look, I'm not giving up on, on Andreas Janssen quite yet. Like, let's give him half a season. And if he's not producing, then maybe you got to look for trade options and, you know, see what uh, the best case scenario is. Because if he's not going to help our team, then he needs to get out. But he's making the impact right now. So, you know, going back to his assists, because like I said, guys, I feel like the people who, you know, uh, give the assists on a goal don't really get as much love. Because if you look back on the replay, Andreas Janssen was able to get a beautiful pass to Jesper Brat out into the open rink. And he was able to get it past two Kings player. Like, seriously, like he maneuvered it, like the puck right through their sticks. And they were charging at that puck. Like, one was coming in from the left, one was coming in from the right, and somehow, someway, Janssen was able to just get off a pass, and it was able to go right past both of those players' sticks, and it was at the right possible time, because had that pass been just a second or two late, then that puck is not getting to Jesper Brat, guaranteed. And then Jesper Brat is able to get the puck, and he's able to go deep into the zone, and get a shot off, and get it past Peterson, and we have a tie game once again. And it, it just seemed like everything was going right for the New Jersey Devils in terms of just getting the momentum their way. However, I think we know what happened in period number three. And also, we need to talk about some line combinations because Alexander Holtz also made his NHL debut. However, he did little to nothing and his line was just a complete disaster. And we need to talk about that because, look, Zaka was able to score. But at the same time, we can't let that, you know, distract us from the fact that you know, Mercer and Holtz, the, their combination just didn't work. I, I really thought it was going to work, but it's just a game, so I'm not really going to, like, uh, uh, jump to anything. I'm, I'm just going to take that with a grain of salt because, you know, Alexander Holtz is probably, you know, getting first-game jitters. I predicted that Alexander Holtz might have gotten a point or two in his NHL debut, but that didn't happen. But there's still plenty of time left for him to make an impact. So before we talk about all that, I want to give you guys the first live read this morning, and it comes from Bill Barr. And trust me, I needed a lot of Bill Bars to keep up with these West Coast games. So I love Thanksgiving, all of the good food and treats and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's a perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards to 300 calories. I did not know that, honestly, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar in Instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two or visit their website. Share some of your fam at your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet, so you might want to give her one. So, new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So, check the site off. Often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So the offer is go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now the second and final live read this morning comes from BetOnline.ag. So 
We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. By the way, at the time of this recording, uh, the fight between Usman and Covington Part 2 has not happened yet. Hopefully, uh, Kamar Usman is able to break Kobe Covington's uh, jaw once again. So uh, don't wait to take advantage of of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs as well. So there's still a lot to talk about in regards to this game because we could talk about who's to blame for this overall loss because we could talk about Gearston and him just getting beat every single possession. We could talk about Severson and getting those three penalties in period number three and that resulted in a power play goal for the LA Kings because apparently Severson was knocking on wood and you know when you knock on wood maybe wood will you know answer the door I don't know what the case might be but Severson got three penalties and that really hurt us and also I talked about this earlier in the episode but PK Subban had two broken sticks and that really uh, hurt the Devils in terms of creating a good opportunity for them to score because uh, there were a couple instances where PK Subban could have created a scoring opportunity for his teammates unfortunately his stick failed them it got to the point where uh, Lindy Ruff said after the game that he was doing an investigation with PK Subban and just studying his like stick and just saying like you know uh, is it effective or not does PK Subban need like a new stick uh, type of I guess brand or whatever the case might be but you know uh, PK Subban's uh, stick failed him in this case and it kind of costed us a like a goal or two so you know when looking at it from that perspective you can also put the blame right there so you know I, I don't want to just put this blame solely on Damon Severson just because you know look I get Damon Severson did get uh, one two and three penalties in period number three and that really did cost us but there were other instances that we can look at because you know don't let that distract you from the fact that Gearston was awful this game. Don't uh, distract you from the fact that P.K. Subban's sticks failed him. So, you know, uh, there, there's a lot to blame in this game. But the first thing I want to talk about is the debut for Alexander Holtz. Now, he didn't really do anything. Now, he was uh, paired on the second line with Mercer and Zaka. And that was something that I was predicting, uh, you know, for a long time. Because I was just like, put Holtz with Mercer. Put Holtz with Sharon Govich or, or something. And speaking of which, Kokanen and Sharon Govich, how do you go from, you know, one of our top lines people to now playing on the fourth line? Like, you know, I talked about, you know, them being moved down to the bottom six, but their production has been so low that Lindy Ruff has no choice but to move them to the bottom tier of the bottom six. So, you know, it's getting frustrating because, like I said, Kwokanen and Sharon Govich were pretty much guarantees to be top six players this year. We were talking about it during the course of the offseason. If anyone said that Sharon Govich and Kwokanen would be playing on the bottom six at any point next year, they would probably laugh in your face just because, you know, we, we, we talked about the impact of Sharon Govich and Kwokanen. And, yes, I've been hard on Kwokanen during the course of the offseason because, you know, I felt like out of Hughes and Sharon Govich, I felt like, you know, Kwokanen wasn't really up to their standards. But still, I said Kwokanen deserved a top six spot and and the fact that both of them are now playing on the fourth line it's just left me completely flabbergasted because I didn't expect for them to take this many steps back look I've heard of like the the rookie wall or you know sophomore slump but it's hitting Sharon Govich and Kwokanen hard because like I said I, I sometimes I forget they're on the roster at times because they're not making any impact but 
you know, going back to, you know, Holtz, Mercer, and Zaka, you know, uh, Alex Chavansi, one of my former colleagues at the Hockey Riders, he said it best. Like, look, Zaka was able to score and, you know, save the New Jersey Devils because, you know, we, we pulled Mackenzie Blackwood. We got an extra skater out there. So we were able to tie the game within the final 30-second frame. But, you know, don't let Zaka scoring distract you from the fact that, you know, um, the, the overall impact from Mercer and Holtz was, was not good. So, you know, Heizer's line was good. And a few other players, including Severson, believe it or not, did pretty much have solid nights. However, the line combination of Zaka, Mercer, and Holtz just didn't seem to work. It, like, they made little to no impact. And like I said, I'm not the only one who noticed it. Like I said, my former colleague, Alex Chavance of the Hockey Writers, noticed it as well. He tweeted about it. And I just said, okay, you know what? Look, it's Holtz's first game. Maybe he has, you know, first game jitters. Mercer's still trying to, you know, figure out a way to you know, I guess reunite with him. So uh, that's going to take some time. That's going to, you know, cause some growing pains. But like I said, I, I'm not really, you know, susceptible to the fact of, you know, moving Holtz away from Mercer. I feel like you need to keep Holtz with Mercer because look what they were able to do during the course of preseason, training camp, prospects camp. Look what they were able to do uh, for their contributions in that regards. So I really want them to recreate that. Okay, it was one game, you know, and it was Holtz's first NHL game. Maybe he was nervous. And you know, like I said, like, let Let's take our time in that regard. So, uh, Chavanti also said that he would probably swap out, you know, Zaka with Tatar. Quite honestly, I disagree with that. I believe that Zaka should stay with Mercer and Holtz because Mercer is able to get the most out of Zaka, similar to what Mercer was able to do for Jesper Brat and get some sort of impact from him because Jesper Brat went, you know, so many games without getting a single point. So I'd say keep Zaka with Mercer just because it seems like Zaka is able to just have some sort of resurgence in terms of energy uh, when he's with Mercer. So I would keep that line combination intact. I would not change it for a moment. So uh, I'm willing to try that experiment again. So we got another game literally at the time of this recording tonight against the San Jose Sharks. And literally, I should be doing a pregame analysis, but right now I'm doing a postgame analysis just because there's so much to talk about in that regard. So in my opinion, we got to keep Mercer, Holt, and Zaka intact. That's my personal opinion. Whether you agree with it or not is totally up to you. But, you know, like I said, the, the Heizer line had a pretty good day. Zaka was able to get a goal. But like Alex Chavansi said, don't let that distract you from the fact that uh, Mercer and Holtz didn't really have that good of a game. Now, when we're looking at Corsi 4 percentage, Jesper Brat had a good game. Andreas Janssen had a good game. Nico Heizer had a good game. And believe it or not, Damon Severson also had a good game because he had a Corsi 4 percentage of about 63%. And remember, guys, if your Corsi 4 percentage is above 55%, that's elite. So uh, Ryan Graves, P.K. Subban, Jonas Siegenthaler also had pretty good Corsi 4 percentages for the game as well. So, you know, uh, and like I said, this is courtesy of Alex Chabansi of the Hockey Riders. So, uh, you know, just, just looking at that overall impact from those group of guys, it's it wasn't a bad game for the New Jersey Devils. Unfortunately, they just were on the other side of the spectrum in terms of uh, luck. And, you know, sometimes Lady Luck picked and chooses who she wants to dance with. And tonight she didn't want to dance with the Devils. So, you know, quite honestly, who wants to dance with the Devils? But still, Lady luck sometimes isn't on your side sometimes she is sometimes she isn't so this night she just wasn't on the side of the New Jersey Devils at times it felt like she was on that on the side of the New Jersey Devils but uh you know unfortunately sometimes your luck ran out and the New Jersey Devils their luck just ran out like I said great opportunities great impact from Jesper Brat and Pavel Zaka for saving the show because Pavel Zaka was able to uh tie the game within the final 30 seconds in which uh you know once we pulled Mackenzie Blackwood I was for sure thinking that the game was over I didn't think the 
the New Jersey Devils had it in them to, uh, you know, overall get a uh, good look and, you know, score it on Peterson. I was wrong. Pavel Zaka, you know, uh, to, I believe, the left of uh, Peterson uh, takes a few steps into a face-off circle, lets a shot go, and it was a it was a beauty. So, you know, the New Jersey Devils, they had their opportunities. Unfortunately, uh, they, they just ran out of luck. So that happens, but at least we were able to get a point. So that's why I'm overall satisfied with this game for right now. Okay, so we need to talk about what ultimately killed the New Jersey Devils. So here's the thing, guys. Like, P.K. Subban stick situation, it's unfortunate, but I don't think it played that big of a factor. But it played a big enough factor to the point where, you know, Lindy Ruff, after the game, had to look at his sticks. But I don't think it's that big a deal. But here's a couple things I want to talk about. So, yes, we'll talk about Damon Severson and his many, many, many penalties in period number three and what he had to say after the game. And uh, But here's another thing that we cannot forget about. Gearson was awesome. Awful. Gearston got beat on every possession, and I saw Devils um, Twitter just blow up in that regards because every time Gearston was on the ice, Devils just looked a step slower. And if, if you thought that, you are absolutely correct because here's an interesting stat that might shock a lot of you guys. So when Gearston was on the ice, the Devils got outshot by the Kings 11 to 1. Seriously, like, I, I, I can't make that up. So let me say that again. Every time Gearson was on the ice, the Devils got outshot 11 to 1. So when Gearson was on the ice, he was not making an impact. Here's the thing about Gearson. Like I told you guys, he's not a great defenseman. He's not the greatest player out there. The only reason why he has his roster spot is what he did in the Seattle Kraken game and in which he stuck up for Jack Hughes in the very next period. Because remember when Lawson uh, got into the back of Jack Hughes and that forced Jack Hughes to leave the game. And that's what ultimately is why Jack Hughes is still out to this day. It's because, um, you know, in the very next period, Gearson found Lawson and started fighting him and started sticking up for Jack Hughes. That is the only reason why he is not waived. That's the only reason why he's not sent down. That is the only reason why he still has his roster spot. But after this game, Lindy Ruff might need to sit down and take into consideration that Gearson is not really helping the team being shot 11 to 1 when you're on the rink like you're the sole purpose why that's happening is not acceptable so look look I get that Gearson is a gritty player I get that he takes no prisoners I get that you know he basically fits the model what Lindy Ruff is looking for in terms of just someone who's not afraid to get his hands dirty but at the end of the day fighting can only take you so far okay it, it, it can't uh, you know improve your overall impact on the game, it don't. It, quite honestly, it kind of hurts you, in my opinion, because it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help your team when you know you get a ten-minute major. Quite honestly, so you know, Gearson being outshot eleven to one every time he was on the rink, not really a good sign. Now, let's talk about uh, Damon Severson because I do got to address the elephant in the room because because on the third penalty assessed to Damon Severson, Kaliev was able to get a shot and a goal within the first, I guess, like few seconds of the power play for the Kings. So, like I said Damon Severson was knocking on wood so his first penalty I believe was a tripping then an interference call and then this is what put the final nail in the coffin in terms of him just playing with death in terms of giving the New Jersey Devils uh penalty kill opportunities he got a high sticking call and then Kaliov was able to get a power play goal within the first uh five or so seconds 
of uh, Damon Severson heading to the box, and then that's when Twitter blew up and just said Damon Severson was just awful. Like, like I told you guys, overall, when you take away those three penalties, and I know that's hard to do just because, you know, they're penalties, and it really did kill us because, you know, it, we, we really could have won the game had it not been for Damon Severson just putting us behind the eight ball, not once, but three times. And look, look, I get that and all, but Damon Severson, like I said before the break, a while ago in the episode, he did have a solid game. So we can't take that away from him. But overall, Damon Severson just playing with uh, fire and just getting all those penalties certainly didn't help us. And then, you know, Kaliev just getting that power play goal. I felt like it was over for the New Jersey Devils. I felt like that was the final nail in the coffin. And I said on Twitter, I said, this loss is on Damon Severson's head. So, you know, like I said, um, you know, I, I wasn't really too happy with it. Damon Severson said after the game that, you know, he took blame for it. You know, he said it sucked, but he felt as though like he couldn't really say anything to the referees just because he felt like, you know, one of those penalty calls was unfairly given to him because he felt like on the tripping call, he just felt like, uh, I, I think it, 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 he got the tripping uh, assessed because he tripped Kemp. And he said, like, Kemp just, well, like, went over his stick and he did nothing wrong in that regards. But I don't know what Damon Severson could have said to the referees to convince them otherwise. But, uh, but you know, all I know is, like, that third and final penalty that was assessed to him was, uh, you know, just uh, fate for the uh, Kings to get a power play goal. So I'm not really going to blame the New Jersey Devils on the penalty kill in this uh, kind of uh, narrative just because I felt as though they, they were, you know, given so many penalties just because Damon Severson was just uh, being reckless out there. So, like I said, Severson overall did have a pretty good game, but, you know, th that third period really uh, was not good for him. Luckily, Zaka was able to bail him out within the final 30 seconds and tie the game, and then OT comes around, and then, unfortunately, Ty Smith uh, turns the puck over in the defensive zone right behind Mackenzie Blackwood. He got tied up, and then uh, with these, the Kings were able to uh, score and then, you know, get the final uh, goal and just win the game three to two in OT. Like I said, we get a we get a point, so I, I, I guess we'll take what we could get. But you know, looking back on that, it, it just looked like uh, look. I, I get Ty Smith turned the puck over, but. I'm going to defend him in this case. You know, Denault just made a good, a good play. Like, he took his stick. He tied up Ty Smith. He was able to get the puck, and then he passed it to Ayafalo, and Ayafalo was able to just score it and, you know, win it for the Kings. It was a it was a game winner. So, uh, I, I'm not going to blame Ty Smith in that regards. I think he just got out-muscled by Denault, in, in my opinion. So, I don't think it was a – it was a turnover, but it wasn't one of those bad turnovers. It, it wasn't one of those turnovers like Ty Smith had a couple games ago. It, it was just literally just like, okay – you know what, he messed up, but it wasn't like that big of a screw-up. So I'm not really going to blame Ty Smith in that regard. So that's my opinion. So I just feel like Denault just, you know, out-muscled him. So when looking at this overall game for the New Jersey Devils, if I had to rate this game, well, first let's look over the team stats, and then I'll give my final assessment. So shots on goal differential, 29-23 in favor of the Kings. Then face-off percentage, 59% to 41% in favor of the Kings. Power play opportunities, 1-6. to six for the Kings, and then 0 for 4 for the Devils, and then uh, hits 30 to 26 in favor of the Kings, 17 to 14 in the blocks category, once again to the Kings, and then giveaways, here's a category that the New Jersey Devils do not want to leave it, lead in, uh, 5 to 4 in favor of the Kings. So, when looking at this game, I'm going to give it a C plus for the New Jersey Devils, because it was sloppy at times, and, you know, they did put up a good fight, but Ultimately, when I'm looking at Damon Severson, when I'm looking at Gearston, when I'm looking at Subban, when I'm looking at just what could have gone differently for the Devils, I'm, I, I, it's just lingering on me because I feel like that's a game we should have had, but 
unfortunately we were just unlucky but you know some things that we could we couldn't control other things that we certainly could have so when looking at it in that regards I just think the New Jersey Devils could have played better and they could have just you know I it's a learning experience and like I said we got the points so that's why I'm being a little generous but you know overall uh, let me know what you guys think on Devils Twitter because I'm pretty satisfied with this overall outcome I, I know some of you might be a little ticked but you know I, I love to hear your opinion so hit me up on Locked on Devils and that's about all the time I have for you guys today so everything I talked about kind of plays a factor into the next game so Severson needs to rebound uh Subban needs to get better sticks Gearston needs to make a better impact you know Zaka needs to stay hot for the Devils and then Brock needs to stay hot for them and hopefully Mackenzie Blackwood is good to play in back-to-back games highly doubt it but you know I'll take what I could get and uh, the New Jersey Devils it, you know it, I we're going up against a tough competitor so uh, worst comes to worst just try to get a point send it to OT do whatever it takes because we got to stay afloat but it's not panic time quite yet so once again let me know what you guys think on Locked On Devils and that's about all the time I have for you guys today thanks for listening hopefully we can rebound against San Jose Sharks tonight so continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day New Jersey go Devils and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.